I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now, it's Chris Harrington on The Grizzlies, Memphis, and more on 92.9's Jeff Calkins Show. Presented by Church Health. Caring for people all around us. Give today at churchhealth.org. He's on the service master by Cornerstone Phone Line. It is Chris Harrington. Chris, what is this we're listening to? That's the uh, British folk rock band Fairport Convention with a French language version of the Bob Dylan song that you gotta go, go now. Um, lead singer there, Sandy Denny, the late Sandy Denny, born on this day in 1947. Speaking of late, by the way, we're going to get to the Grizzlies here in a minute. Uh, uh, Elvis's birthday, he'd be 88 this weekend. Is that the idea? And they're doing some sort of, I saw you wrote about some sort of a celebration out there at Graceland. Yeah, I mean, they do that every year. They do the they proclaim right. his birthday that morning on the lawn. And so that's happening Sunday. Lisa Marie is going to, you know, cut the cake or whatever. So they're doing that Sunday morning, and then that's also they're opening an exhibit on the making of the Elvis movie that came out last year. And you raise the point that the Elvis Elvis never did uh, win an Oscar uh, or nominated or for nom- an Oscar, never, right. or get nominated for an Oscar. That movie, the the Elvis film, presumably will be nominated. Will it one hundred percent will be nominated for something? Won't it be? You imagine? Yeah, no, it's going to get nominated in some of the like sound design, hair, makeup kind of stuff. Right. Um, and then the, the, the actor, Austin Butler, is almost certainly going to get nominated for Best Actor. Um, I don't think it's going to get any other acting or writing or directing nominations. I don't think. Maybe directing, but I doubt it. But the, the real question is whether it's going to get a Best Picture nomination, and it feels coin flippy, I, honestly. They go like 10 deep on those now. And so there's a chance it gets a Best Picture nomination. In terms of the Best Actor... Is he the favorite? Who are the other candidates? Who are the other? I have, I haven't looked at like any of the like prognostication sites right. lately on that, so I don't know what the sense seems to be that Colin Farrell from Banshees of Inisherin and Brendan Fraser from The Whale, which I, I, I'm trying to avoid having to see. Um, <laughs> that is, those are probably the, the two favorites. What is The Whale? The Whale. It's, it's yeah. a movie. It's by Darren Aronofsky, who's not a filmmaker I'm very fond of, and it's about. It's about a morbidly obese man in the last days of his life. Oh, my God. It it has a reputation for a movie that is trying to present itself as as 
you know, as, as, as sensitive, but is actually kind of mean spirited. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. But given right. the history of the filmmaker, I'm not really interested in watching it. Uh, just Chris, do you want to uh, give your brain a pat on the back? Because Brendan Fraser is the f- betting favorite at minus 165. Austin Butler for Elvis is then at plus 400. Hugh Jackman and Colin Farrell are then uh, the next two. And Hugh Jackman for what? What was he? The Sun. For, a movie, I, yeah. for a movie that hasn't come out and no one has seen. Oh. Uh, it is, and it's also not supposed to be very good. <laughs> well, sounds like a humdinger. Um, all Yay, right, the yeah. Oscars. Uh, okay, well, moving right along to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, it was nice, as you pointed out, of Orlando to put up more of a fight, and Jaron Jackson looked fabulous. Yeah, that was you know I, probably easy, probably easily the best game of the season all around. Probably right. one of the best games he's ever played. His career, yeah. Um, yeah, well, a couple things in particular I liked about Jared's game. One is that, and I know Paulo Bancaro, the, um, the 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 presumptive rookie of the year, had a nice stat line, but most of that came later in the game. But he wasn't and when when he when not against Jaron, is my memory. Jaron guarded him early in the game and did a really good job, and that's not surprising. But Jaron, their strategy has been to keep him off of on ball guys so he can roam and block shots. And that was a game where he guarded the primary scorer with the ball a lot and did a really good job of it, which was a reminder that, yeah, he's a great help defender. He's also a good on-ball defender when you ask him to do that. Um, so for him to put up those numbers in the context of also guarding the best guy on the other team a lot, I think was was good. And then the other thing was the range of the ways he scored. Uh, you, you know, he had, mul- he had mul- two, three, two three-pointers. He had multiple, like, simple, like, turnaround jump hook post-up shots. Um, he also scored some off the drive. He scored some off catch and finish, like involved in the offense and get, getting set up. And you and the balance of all four of those kind of ways to score is what you want from him. You want him, you, you know, you don't want him to be a three point specialist. But you don't want him to be like a, just get your butt on the block and just stand right. there either. You want the menu. You want the full range, and you got a little bit of everything in that game. He looked. Dominant offensively. I mean, absolutely like he'd do whatever he wanted in a way that, like, what what is the, in addition to the range of things, you often talk about, like, shot distribution. Who is taking the shots? Um, where do you want, like, what what should he be offensively? I mean, I, ideally, to me, if you have a healthy, if everyone's healthy, including yeah. a healthy Desmond Bain, he's probably third. Um, and so I think, you know, to me, the, the Dylan Brooks game was, was interesting in the opposite way last night. Right. It, it's kind of funny. You know, we talked about some of the wing stuff yesterday, and then that game was sort of went opposite of everything we talked about, which just sort of happens when you talk about isolated individual right. game. That, to me, that was one of the worst games Dylan Brooks has played this season. Yep. Um, his defense was good, but his defense was not, like, as meaningful to the game as it is in a lot, in a lot of games just because of the way that other te- way the magic is set up. And then offensively, that was a game where he forced a lot of bad shots and ended up with a really bad shooting line. It does fit what I've been talking about, this pattern of he does that this season when, when you don't have Jai and Des. And so Desmond Bain did not play in that game. And then, you know, Desmond Bain out. But then a lot of the bad, the really bad shots Dylan Brooks took was when John Morant was sitting on the bench. Like, he's out right. there. And he, I, th- I think that's when you find that problem. And so... I would like to. I think that, I think Dylan Brooks this season has taken a backseat to Desmond Bain when they both played. I would like to see Jaron Jackson also ahead of Dylan Brooks in that offensive pecking order, and they haven't quite gotten there yet. Yeah, last night, uh, job was thirteen to twenty-one. Uh, Dylan Brooks was five of eighteen, one of eight from three, 
and Jaron was 12 of 14, two of three from three. He was absolutely fabulous. Uh, yeah, and, I mean, there's not there's not a huge difference between 14 and 18, no, right? It's no. sort of sort of all together. But I, I do think that was a game where, given the know, way they were each like playing, the, yes, right, yeah. Um, well, and then the other thing, as you pointed out yesterday, we were mentioning, uh, we, we talked about this in different ways, and we sort of said, ah, unlikely that Zaire, and, and Zaire has a big game last night. It was good to see, right? Good to see Zaire. Yeah, no, it was good to see. Like, you know, it's one game, Orlando in the regular season is not the Western Conference Finals, but, I mean, it was a reminder of, it's not like the first time he's ever had a game like that, right? We, he just hasn't had it this season because right. of the health stuff, and so... You know, if you're a Grizzlies, what your hope is is that he can he can get and stay healthy going forward and start to have some of those games with more frequency. Yeah. Um, all right. So you have a column up as we you promised, as you said you would, about the trade deadline, and there are several elements of that that I wanted to talk about. One is just to deal with the Dylan Brooks thing first, um, and you dealt with it in sort of an aside earlier. Like when the year began, there was the sense of do you have to get some indication from Dylan Brooks whether he's game to stay? Otherwise, do you just let him walk away? None of that's like there seems almost no circumstance under which Dylan Brooks won't be a part of this team in the playoffs. And maybe that's because they actually have had had some indication. But as you point out in the column, they 100% can't afford to to sign Dylan Brooks in the offseason if both of them if that's what they want. Yeah, I mean, Dylan Brooks will be an unrestricted free agent, so it's not the situation where they have matching rights. So if he wants to go sign somewhere else, he can go sign somewhere else. But I don't think it's going to be the case of, you know, the Grizzlies can't bring him back financially. If they, you know, if they want to, they can. And I don't think it's going to be a case of Dylan Brooks saying, well, I just want to get out of here. I think Dylan Brooks wants to be here. And so if if Dylan Brooks wants to be here and they want him to be here, I think he'll be here. Um, and And there's no there's no reason they can't resign him this summer if they, if they want to resign him this summer. The only risk is, is someone throws a massive number at him, right? That he may want to be here, but he may say, Oh my God. Right. Like, how do I turn that down? No, no. That's the thing. How much are they willing to pay? How much are other teams willing to pay? Like, I don't think anyone's going to offer Dylan Brooks a max contract. And so I, I, you know, I don't, you know, is it twenty million? Is it twenty-five million? It's it's kind of hard to read because I think we have a hard. I think I think even people close to it, close to NBA stuff day to day, sometimes have a hard time internalizing how the how the salary cap numbers are rising and and what that means. That you know, twelve million in one season. What's that mean three years later? Kind of thing. Um, and so I don't know if I have my head around that quite, you know, in terms of what the raw numbers are going to mean, but I think Dylan Brooks is going to get a big deal that's less than a max. And, and to me, whatever that number ends up being, that's the number Grizzlies can pay if they want to pay it. And it will all be in the context of a world where the cap and the money is going to, uh, rise. When is that happening? That's, there's not a certain date on that, but. The ex- the, as far as I know, it's it's a couple years away. All right. Uh, so then you deal with with what might happen this year, and a lot of this we've talked about. But one thing that I thought was striking is that you can, people can talk all they want about dealing Danny Green and a first or whatever for something meaningful coming back, which, as you point out, in the world of the uncertain wing situation that they had, might well be helpful. But 
they're real contractual limitations in terms of the players that would be available in that trade. That's correct? Danny Green is the – they have 15 players on the roster. Danny Green is the only one – and, and even that is debatable, but he, he is the only one who, who's attached to a contract that you can just easily flip with, without, any, without any second thoughts, right? Other than that, it's all like, – there's no Jared Culver sitting around or whatever. It, 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 you know, it's all young players they really like. They have on multi-year contracts, or it's players at the core of their rotation. And so if you're trying to, hit a, trying to trade for a player at a salary level that is higher than you can get just for Danny Green – well, you got to add something to get to match salary, and at that point, you're trying to match salary with players you really care about. Are you just trying to match salary with Zaire Williams? Are you trying to match salary with Dylan Brooks or Tyus Jones? And so, like, no, once you get north of 15 million, like, you're really you're getting into some complicated stuff in terms of what you would have to give up just to match salary. Um, Danny Green's deal is about 10 million, right? And then, as you point right. out, if they wanted to get. Uh, who are the some of the some of the players you mentioned here who would probably be more expensive than they could? Bojan Bogdanovic, yeah. right? That's the guy people have been talking about all season. He's making like twenty million, and so you can't it just just to hit a salary match. Like you'd have to throw in at least a Zaire Williams in that, or, or or something like that. And at that point, you know, you're you get to a question of like what what you value versus what the other team values. Right. I just don't. I mean, I went seems down unlikely. A bit. I, yeah, it seems yeah, unlikely. I don't, but I don't he, take that stuff very seriously. As you said, Bogdanovich is well, he's 19, 19.5, Buddy Heald, 21.2, Eric Gordon, 19.6. None of that can, none of those guys could you get for Danny Green and a pick or whatever else. That just wouldn't, you'd have to, you'd have to throw in something else, a contract that you do not want to throw in. And so that means right. that you're looking at um, either something. Bigger, like where you would give up uh, real assets for meaningful, ass- a really truly meaningful player coming back, or it means something more modest. The three players you discuss as the, well, this would be a big swing, would be Pascal Siakam, DeMar DeRozan, and OG Adenobi, and he's the only one who you think would be attractive from your perspective necessarily, right? Yeah, I think Adenobi is 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 is, is sort of a lesser player relative both in terms of contract and in terms of stature. Like DeRozan and Siakam are all NBA-level guys. They right. made all the NBA teams last season. Ananobi is more of an elite role player type, um, but is a great fit basically for any team in basketball. He's right. just a perfect fit. I mean, he's just an easy guy to fit in anywhere. I think that's one guy who, if he were actually available, well, there's no indication he's actually available. There's just been a lot of chatter around him. If he were actually available, I'm certain the Grizzlies would make an offer for him. So with 12 other teams, and so who knows. Right. So all of that seems pretty far-fetched. So then you get into, all right, well, what could they really meaningfully, what could they reasonably do um, to hopefully bolster their wing position with Danny Green uh, and uh, some picks? And the players who you list here are as, as potentials, just not endorsing any of these, by the way, necessarily, but we can go through them, are Kyle Kuzma, Malik Beasley, uh, Jay Crowder, Alex Caruso, and Gary Harris. I got the sense... And, and, and Alec Burks. Yeah, and Alec Burks. You, you mentioned Alec Burks, too. I got the sense that the only one that you really sort of... The one who you particularly think endorse might be strong, but of those, the one that seems most 
likely reasonable and favorable to the Grizzlies is Gary Harris. That's the one you like the best. No, I mean, you, no. you know, you, yeah, apparently my context clues weren't strong enough okay. in that portion of the column. Was it Alec Burks? Who Malik, was it? Who, who'd you like? Mal- Malik Beasley. Malik Beasley oh, yeah. Malik, Be- Malik Beasley and Alec Burks are the two that I think makes make the most sense, all things considered. I see. Well, Malik Beasley, I guess, is the the the, 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 the messy thing is there. He has had some more, uh, off-court stuff. But Malik, yep. Malik Beasley... Uh, why? Let, let's take the ones who wouldn't make sense first, the ones you don't like as well. Why are you not a fan of Kyle Kuzma? Well, I think Kuzma is going to have a lot of people, not as many people as Ojan and Obi, but a lot of people, if he's available, would be making offers for him. I think the Grizzlies are a team. He, he is an option to be a free agent next summer. I think the Grizzlies that are not a team that would resign him, or he would want to resign. Either way, two-way street, it, it would be a rental I think there are other teams that would make a, that would make an offer for him with the idea of re-signing him, and thus those teams would be willing to offer more. So that's why I don't find a realistic. I see. Now, the one that, honestly, I have heard mentioned the most in connection with the Grizzlies is Alex Caruso. Um, again, this is people around the league just spitballing, writers around the league just spitballing. Yep. Why does Alex Caruso, and, 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 and not, yeah, not, not do it for you? I'm lower on him relative to the Grizzlies than a lot of the national people. I, I just think his primary attributes are defense and like secondary ball handling stuff, not scoring. And to me, Tyus Jones, Tyus Jones and Dylan Brooks, like those two guys cover a lot of the what what Alex, Alex Caruso bring, brings. And so if I'm if I'm making a trade for somebody, if he's a good player, he would help. But I'm looking for someone who's going to be more of a more of an impact as a scorer and shooter, and that's not really what he is. All right, and then are is it fair to say that Alec Burke, Burks and uh, and Gary Harris are both in the meh category? Then they're in the category of there's no point in trading for those guys that you think Danny Green can help you. Um, that's only if, if if I think there's a chance Danny Green is just not going to be able to play for me in the playoffs. And now what do you do? And what I like about those guys is I think those are guys you can potentially trade for without giving up first round picks. Maybe it's just second round picks, right? And so. That, that's more of a, you know, it, if I have serious doubts about Danny Green, that's not upgrade from Danny Green. That's a Danny Green can't play for me, and so let's let's flip it for something. And I think those guys certainly better than a Danny Green who can't play for you. Crowder? Uh, I, Crowder is sort of like Kuzma, lesser version, but similar right. to Kuzma in that you know, he's more of a power forward at this point stage in his career than a wing, and they need more of a wing. He's not really – he'll take shots, but he's not really a shooter. He's not a good, strong three-point shooter. Um, I don't – I think he would, he, would, he would help, but he doesn't address the real primary needs in terms of being able to play on the wing and in the backcourt in terms of adding a scoring punch. And so would I rather have him than Danny Green? If I could have – if you tell me right now Danny Green or Jay Crowder – I think green shooting is more what you need, but like I have a better, I have more conviction that, that Jay Crowder will be able to play in the playoffs. So I, if you just give me, tell me to choose one or the other right now, I'd choose Jay Crowder. But I don't think that's what the Grizzlies are really looking for. All right, and that brings us to Malik Beasley. Uh, why do you like Malik Beasley, and what do you imagine the price will be? I mean, is is Utah going to disgorge him? What will they ask for? What will the market be like? What's your sense of Malik Beasley? Well, a lot of these teams we're talking about are interesting. I mean, Toronto and Chicago and Washington, which we've already talked about, and then Utah, they are all teams that are right on the bubble of making the play-in. 
And so, like, none of these teams are winning a title this year, but they could all be in the play-in. And so what are they? What do they want to do? Which way do they want to go? That's the mystery. I feel like Utah is the one I feel the most is going to move some guys. Now, I don't think Beasley's number one on the list of guys they want to move, but I do think he's on the list. And so, you know, how willing are they to move him? What, what, what do they need to get back in order to do it? That's an open question. Um, I actually think he might be worth including a protected first-round pick. Um, he, is a, he is an option for next season, so it wouldn't necessarily be a rental. You could bring him back next season. He is, he's been one of the better bench scorers in the league this year. He's like 15 points a game off the bench for Utah. He's, he's a high 30s to 40% three-point shooter on very high volume, and he's not just a catch-and-shoot guy. He can shoot off the dribble. He can shoot on the move. Like He's a real dynamic three-point shooter, and so I think he would add a lot of juice to the offense off the bench for the Grizzlies, which I think is the thing they most need. And uh, odds of something happening? Less than 20%. I, I would really? say there's a, north of 80, there's a north of 80% chance that the team they have right now is the team they, they take past the deadline. Yeah. And do we have any sense? I, I know you talked about this a little bit and wrote about this a little bit. Well, any because, sense about sorry, Danny sorry. Green's health? Danny Green's health? Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing I was going to say about that, you know, I'm, when I say that, it's not just because of, you know, trades are unlikely. You know, because there's always like, you know, guys get bought out. Maybe Alec Burks or Gary Harris gets bought out, right? But what are you doing if they get bought out? You don't have a roster spot. Like, you're not <laughs> right. going to cut, cut Kennedy Chandler. You're, you're not going to cut Tillman, I don't think. Right. I, they don't have, like, a situation where, well, Jared Culver's just sitting around. We'll just cut him and sign somebody else. They don't really have a, a roster spot that's flexible that way if they think Danny Green can play. And so I, I don't even think the buyout stuff is likely. Um, as far as Green... So he said he said a few weeks ago on a TV interview he was hoping to play before the All-Star break or by the All-Star break. All-Star break's a week after the trade deadline. Um, I talked to Taylor Jenkins about it this week, and he said that, you know, he didn't – he said, you know, we're not putting a timetable on it because that's not what they do. But he said, you know, he's making good progress, that he has started to do – he started to do stuff in practice. He's not doing contact in practice yet, but he's doing like five on zero where they just sort of run, run through sets and – He's doing on-court work. He's just not doing contact on-court work. My sense is that, that the Grizzlies as an organization does believe that he will play this season. Now, I don't know how much conviction you could have on how well he's going to play until he gets out there. But I think, you know, I, I think they, they do, in their calculus, is he will be an active basketball player. Chris, thank you very much. Appreciate it. You can read the piece at the Daily Memphian. Uh, appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.